Hi, how's your week going? It's wonderful to have you back again for another episode of the show. My guest this week is Jess Ekstrom. And Jess is a top-rated speaker. In fact, she helps other people to become speakers. And her program is called Mic Drop Workshop. She specifically works with women. And she goes on to explain why. One of the reasons, of course, being the fact that many women don't speak. In fact, the number of women speakers is dropping. But also, many women don't apply to become speakers. And that's something that she's passionate about reversing, turning around. It's also, from my perspective, something that's really, really interesting because I can tell you that the number of times I've spoken on stage and have come off stage, I've always generated something from that experience, whether it's validation, whether it's increased confidence, being able to crystallize what I want to sell people. But more importantly, someone comes up to me and says something which leads to something else or refers me to someone who might just be interested in paying for me to help their company. So what I'm saying is that speaking is, at least to me, one of the most effective ways to generate business. So this week, we're going to look at the importance of speaking. We'll cover how speaking works. If you've not done speaking before, the kinds of money you can make, which is always a very interesting topic in itself, uh, how you can develop a program or some kind of signature speech which gets you started, and how to get in touch with organizations that might be interested in having you speak to their audience, to their people on stage. This is the Training Business Podcast. Hey, and welcome to the trainingbusiness.com podcast. Every week, we bring you exciting news and interviews with training business experts and training business entrepreneurs from around the world. Thanks for tuning into today's episode. Here's your host, Mark Garrett Hayes. Hey, welcome to the show. It's another episode of the Training Business Podcast. If you're someone like me, someone who makes a living or wants to make a living in selling workshops, courses, programs, developing them online or offline, if you're someone who wants to write a book, has written a book, but someone basically who wants to make a living from helping other people through your experience and knowledge, then you're in the right place because every Thursday, without fail, we have an episode of the show designed to help you wherever you are on this journey. And for that reason, I'd love you to click on follow or subscribe right now to be notified of episodes as they come out. Very briefly, you've heard me say this before, if you've, if you've been here before, I'm someone who is an author, I'm a coach, I've been in the training business for several, well, almost three decades, in fact. I've made loads of mistakes, and it's something I love doing and helping other people with. And for that reason, the show exists. And if you've not yet done so, you can access all the episodes, past, present, and uh, the archives, in fact, by visiting trainingbusiness.com or simply listening to the show on your podcast platform of choice. Jess, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. You're based in North Carolina, which is where you are I'm, right now. I am based in North Carolina, rarely here, but this is where I'm based. <laughs> so why are you on the show? Well, the answer is because a lot of people listening are intrigued about how to get their message out there. And one of the ways that I think both of us agree is one of the most effective ways to get messages out there and to get some results from sharing your message is to speak. 
And Absolutely. you are a Forbes top rated speaker, two times bestselling author, and you run what's called the Mic Drop Workshop. Let's go back a bit and begin with your journey. W- what gave you the feeling, I'm not going to have a nine to five job. I want to do this. I want to make a living and to help people to speak and to share their message with the world. I think it was honestly watching my dad start his business when I was in middle school and quit his nine to five, turn our upstairs bathroom into his office and just go for it. And so I think because I had a front row seat to that, it became an option for me. And with a lot of kids, exposure is the best way to learn what's possible for them and representation. And so that's why I tried to be that and wrote, you know, a children's book, Create Your Bright Ideas for kids to start businesses. But for me, I was fortunate enough to have that right in front of me. And so I feel like I didn't have the idea of I'm going to be a speaker or I'm going to be a business owner, but I had the habit of looking for pain points. And so by the time I was in college, I saw a pain point for kids with cancer wanting to wear headbands after hair loss when I was interning at Make-A-Wish. And saw that that had uh, headbands weren't something that was provided. It was usually wigs and hats. So I started my first company, Headbands of Hope. And we give headbands to kids with illnesses. And then realized on accident that the best way that I could scale that business with zero knowledge of entrepreneurship, zero dollars to fund it was through begging college professors for like five minutes of time before class started. Can I just get up there and talk about my business and what I'm doing? And then once I learned how to use what I was doing and talking about that into why it matters for the people who are listening and what they can go do. So not just my story, but how it helps others. That's when other universities said, hey, can you come do this for our classes and for our students? And I remember the first email I got from Marshall University in 2012 that said, what are your rates? And I was like, excuse me? (laughs) Rates? You mean people pay you for this? And then went off to the races and speaking became the number one way that I could scale that current business by, you know, getting the reach talking about it and also getting the funding to scale it. And then speaking became my huge part of the pie chart of how I spent my time, realized how male dominated a lot of these stages in the speaking industry and thought leadership as a whole is uh, so on a whim, I started Mic Drop Workshop in 2012, which I can get into, but I'll, I'll pause there. So it sounds as if the need to share your message, the why to you, was the thing that gave you confidence to do it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people say to me, you know, how do you get the confidence to stand up in front of people? And then some people over the years have said to me, because I need so much to share what I want to give to people as a message. And that almost overrides any feelings of doubt or lack of confidence is because I'm so hooked into what I want to share and the need to do it and the need to be heard that that almost overrides any feelings of inadequacy or insufficiency. You hit the nail on the head, Mark. It's, I, I've thought a lot about imposter syndrome because that's really one of the number one things standing in the way of people becoming speakers or really whatever it is that they want to do, especially women. And the research that I've done around it, it's, you know, the mindset that we usually have is how do we overcome imposter syndrome? Mm -hmm. And we think that we can do that through our achievements. Well, if I could just get on a TED stage, then I'll feel qualified. Or if I can just get this book deal, or if I can just get this amount of followers on social media, then that imposter syndrome will go away. 
But we all know, we've all had something. You Maybe it was a number of podcast downloads for you. Maybe it was a number of speaking opportunities for me. And you realize that it's never the case. It's like, um, you know, I, when I was a kid, we did Outward Bound where, you know, your parents drop you off in the wood for, woods for two weeks. And one of the things that we did was we were doing a hike and it was, uh, you know, we could see the top of the mountain when we got there we realized it was called what they taught us was a false summit where that mountaintop that you saw was actually hiding the actual peak that was behind it. So you still had a much longer way to go. And what I've learned is like every achievement in business is a false summit. Uh, You think it might be the top and it's really hiding the thing that's next. And so with imposter syndrome, what you just beautifully stated is like, it's not about the achievements and kind of filling and, and checking those boxes it's about becoming so <laughs> possessed and and in love with the process and solving the problem that you almost forget to care if you're qualified to do it. And that's what I really want to help more speakers do is like focus on how they're helping people first instead of how will I look or how will this make me, how will this elevate my status or my profile? Because mm-hmm. if that's the approach that we're taking as speakers, one, that'll come across and two, that'll just really elevate our imposter syndrome and our nerves. So if we begin with the topic of changing your mindset, and mm-hmm. that ties in nicely to what we've just covered, that often um, we have this mindset that I'm not ready to be up there. I'm not the person to be up there. I have nothing to say from being up there. What would you say to listeners who feel, you know, I know my topic, but I just don't have that mindset of the mindset. What, of what I think is necessary to stand on that stage and talk to a room full of people? I'll tell you the number one shift that helped with my speaking career and that has helped the thousands of women that we've trained through Mic Drop Workshop. And it is it goes to the intent as to why we speak. So the intent and the desired outcome of why we're speaking or why we're doing anything kind of directly influences our nerves and our feelings about it. So I call it the difference between being a spotlight speaker and a lighthouse speaker. So a spotlight speaker goes in with the intention of how will this elevate my profile, how I need to be perfect. I need to make sure that I look good. I need to make sure that I am, I am painting myself in the best light. I am going up there hoping that the audience will like me. I have done this before (laughs) many times and you go in analyzing every audience member's facial expressions, wondering why that person's on their phone and not looking at you, wondering, oh, that didn't get the laugh that I wanted. Does everyone hate me? And you become totally paralyzed with fear and nerves because all of it is self-serving. But if you go in with the mindset of changing the spotlight to a lighthouse, so I'm changing the light from shining on me to shining on the audience and saying, my only goal up here is to help them get 1% better than when they walked in the room. And that might be, you know, your topic is confidence. That might be resilience. It might be, uh, you know, teaching them a training or in, in, I'm of course talking about professional speaking, but this could also be you're at your child's PTA meeting or you're advocating for a stop sign in your local community, or it could just be a one-to-one conversation with someone. When you shift this the light from a spotlight, which is like ego-centered to a spot to a lighthouse, which is audience-centered, 
not only does it help ease your nerves because it removes your ego from the equation, it makes you such an impactful speaker because you are only focused on the betterment of the audience. That's excellent. So it sounds as if you're, you're encouraging people to say, stop focusing on how you feel and what you want, what you think, yeah. but focus on what people are needing from you. And so then you become less self-conscious. Yes. And that's also how you create your value proposition as a speaker. You know, so many people come to Mic Drop Workshop and they're like, I know how to talk. I just needed to know how to get paid. Well, you learn to get paid by understanding what the ROI is that you bring to an audience. So a lot of mistakes I see speakers make is they come in and say, well, I, uh, you should book me to speak because I started this company. Or you should book me to speak because I have seven best-selling books. Or you should book me to speak because I've climbed Mount Everest or whatever it might be. Well, that is like, that is your story. And it's probably the context that you'll use to teach the lesson, but it's not the lesson. It's not the ROI for the audience. So instead saying, you should book me to speak because after my talk, your audience will learn the tools of like how to overcome a challenge. Or after they hear me speak, your audience will know how to communicate better with each other. That's where a meeting planner can say, yes, I can allocate five, ten, fifteen thousand dollars for that result. But it's really hard to paint that picture of like five, ten, fifteen thousand dollars because you have a best-selling book. Um, so when you focus more on mic drop, we call it the transformation promise. What's the before and after moment that you provide for an audience? It helps you build your talk to achieve that, but it also helps you explain the value proposition for a meeting planner so you can start getting paid. And you said some magic words there, paid. So <laughs> very <laughs> magic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because sometimes I think that I don't feel that. I mean, I, I tell you what, honestly, there are times when I think I would talk for free because mm -hmm. a couple of payoffs occur for me. One, I feel, I feel validated when I'm on stage and I've got mm -hmm. people listening. So there's an ego thing invariably because sure. you think there are people, they like what I'm saying. Yeah. I, I feel good about myself. The second thing is I know when I come off stage, it always leads to a conversation. Someone hears something, expresses an interest in how something is said and wants to refer me or introduce me or ask me something. Um, the third level for me is the fact that I get paid just for speaking. I can mm -hmm. say confidently that to me at least, and I think many people listening would agree, being a speaker is one of the most effective ways of getting your message out there, mm -hmm. of associating your solution with you as a provider. Yes. Let's talk about how to, let's talk about Mike your mic drop workshop, because we've raised that a few times. Who is that for? What will they get from that? And uh, what? Um, how does it work? Yeah. Well, first of all, what you said of like, there's a ton of reasons to speak for free. Um, and so figuring out what those, what's important to you in mic drop workshop, which I'll explain that we call it a scorecard. You have your gig scorecard. So let's say like, the local chamber of commerce comes to you and say, we don't have a budget, but we really want you to speak at this XYZ conference. Well, what are the things that are important to you? Is it like you said, the connections? Do you have a coaching business that this could be also a lead gen or a funnel for? Um, do you just want to get the reps? Do you want to get the experience and the testimonials and the footage of just getting more speaking opportunities? Is it a cool location? And are they going to be, are you going to be able to go with your partner, your spouse or your friend and have an experience around it? There's so many like non-monetary value that comes from speaking. And so when I say getting paid, um, it's much more than like the fee. 
Uh, it's also understanding, like I know since Mic Drop Workshop is for women and it's for women who want to become speakers, if I can get in front of an audience of, of women who are likely aspiring speakers, that's a huge value add for me, no matter what the fee is. I've also made the decision that my I will do five speaking events for free every year that help young girls. So Girl Scouts, Girls on the Run organizations. And that's so I get a lot of requests for free for other amazing worthy causes, but I have drawn, you know, a line that says this is what I do for free. So it's important to think about your gig scorecard. So with Mic Drop Workshop, I started this in 2018 after I uh, spoke at an event. And I thought it went really well. And two weeks later, I got a meeting. Uh, I got a call from the meeting planner, and she sounded kind of somber. And I was like, "Oh my gosh, maybe I didn't do as well as I thought I did at this event." And she said, "I just want to give you some information. We did a audience feedback form, and at this point, I'm like, I'm sweating. I'm like, what did I bomb this <laughs> this event?" And she said, "You ranked the highest." keynote speaker we had that weekend. I was like, well, that's great news. You know, what's the issue here? She goes, I just want to let you know, woman to woman, that we paid you $8,500 to come speak, which at that point in my speaking career was like huge. And we paid our morning male keynote $50,000 to come speak. She goes, I just need you to know what, what people are getting paid and that you need to raise your rates. And at that moment, I was like, what? You know, and it's not his fault that he got $50,000, but he knew what to ask for. I still didn't know what to ask for and what people were getting paid. So I started to do some more research and found out that less than 30% of paid speakers are women. And that number has actually been going down. And so on a whim, uh, on a Thursday evening in Raleigh, I put up an Eventbrite that said, any woman who wants to learn the ropes of getting paid to speak and speaking professionally come to this restaurant. I rented out like the bottom floor. I was like, there'll be wine and cheese and I'll teach you what I know about public speaking. The room was packed and a few people reached out and said, can you record this? Can you put it online? I don't live there. And so just on a whim, again, same thing as before looking for pain points, I put it up uh, as a course, mic drop workshop, and now we're uh, courses, community training programs, um, helping thousands of women around the world either speak professionally or speak confidently at work. That's a hell of an achievement, Jess. Thank you, thank you. So a I was actually things speaking there. at a conference on Saturday, actually, yeah. uh, where the woman speaking after me was one of our students, and so that was a really uh, full circle moment. Yeah ripples in the ocean mm-hmm. um a couple of things there first of all the mic drop workshop is for women i'm actually alarmed i mean i knew the the statistic kind of that um mm-hmm. many women are underpaid compared to them to their male counterparts and that that is still going on which is shocking in the 21st century but i didn't did not know that the number of women speakers is actually going down yeah, yeah. And I would have it, thought the opposite, but there we I, go. Yeah, you would think so too. Um, mm. And I think it's a two two part problem. You know, you have a lot of the events are my, the meeting planners or the decision makers, and this isn't just in the speaking industry, but just in work as a whole. Um, people pick people who remind them of themselves. So if 
men or white people are in those positions, they might pick white people or men. However, uh, the other part of the problem that I learned when I spoke at this event for event planners in New York, and they had a panel of all of like the top Silicon Valley companies and their event coordinators. And it was about diversity in the speaking industry. And one of the, you know, very large companies that we all use that I won't name said, look, we want to bring more women on our stages, but they are only 12% of the applications that we get every year to speak. It's always like, oh, the other issue is that it's the same thing as like, you know, women won't apply for a job uh, if if they don't meet 100% of the expectations where men will apply if they meet like 50 or 70%, which is the right thing to do. Same thing goes with speaking, the connotation that you have to have this like groundbreaking theory or this crazy, you know, new law of gravity to be a speaker uh, isn't the case, but women um, are not giving themselves the fair chance by putting their name in the hat for, you know, the local TEDx talk or putting their name in the hat to speak at the alma mater. Um, So it's a two-part problem of like, you know, the decision makers, which I think is actually getting a lot better. There's events that have signed, you know, pledges like the Gender Avenger, making sure that all of their events have an equal lineup. But then there's also making sure women, one, apply for the events, and two, know what to ask for to get paid, which is where we can help. So if you'd like, would you like to share a couple of, um, let's say, pieces of, of what goes on, the kinds of components of the Mic Drop Workshop for people who might be interested in taking part? Yeah, absolutely. So the course is broken into modules, but I would tell you the simpler way to explain it is the first half is about building your signature talk. The second half is about selling it. Uh, that's in the other, uh, I think, you know, common misconception with speaking is that oh, the value of an incredible speaker is someone who can speak about anything. And I would argue it's the opposite. The value of an incredible speaker is someone who is has clear on what they want to speak on and who they want to help. So we help you figure out like what you want to be known for, what that transformation promise is that we talked about, and building a signature talk that helps achieve that. And then the second part is, okay, who are my ideal audiences? Who is this talk perfect for? How do I find those events and those meeting planners? How do I contract negotiate for those events? And how do I absolutely nail the delivery so it turns into five more events after that? Um, so it's been pretty incredible. And we just recently launched Mic Drop Roster where we're not only helping these women become speakers, but then we're, we're representing them and helping them get gigs afterwards. You said signature workshop. I know that mm-hmm. people often feel they've got to have multiple topics to talk on. What's the advantage of having one specific talk to be known for? It's kind of like when you go to a movie or, or you read a book and then you want to go see the, the movie. Um, you don't want to read the book and then the movie is something completely different. <laughs> you want to, I want what they had. I want, you know, what just happened. So for example, if you're going and speaking at Edward Jones and someone in the audience is from XYZ consulting firm they want what you just did at Edward Jones because that's proven. And very rarely are you going to be speaking to the same people time and time again. As a speaker, it's it's a lot of new audiences because they want to bring in new voices, which is the other reason why Mic Drop Workshop, a big component is the community of women who refer each other to opportunities. Speaking can be, I'm sure you know this, Mark, like, one of the most collaborative industries, if you let it, because, you know, this event I just spoke at on Saturday, 
they're going to need a new speaker next year. So it's no skin off my back to say, here, here are five amazing women that you should consider for next year. Um, so being able to also have a system of referrals, is a huge low hanging fruit in the speaking industry. A couple of things I want to ask you about as well, because we've um, probably addressed briefly the elephant in the room, which is money. Um, you mentioned mm-hmm. five to $15,000. That's, that's quite um, a price range. If someone is beginning and is asked mm-hmm. to quote, and a bit like your experience being asked about your rates, what if they don't know what to suggest? What is perhaps too low yeah. initially? And then what would be too high? What is the sweet spot to quote if you don't want to come in too low? Otherwise, it looks like you're an amateur and no one values you. But then too high looks like, well, you're overpricing yourself. I would say five is such a sweet spot. Um, below five, uh, it can be, I tell some of my speakers, you might not get a gig if you quote below five because they might say, well, what's what's wrong with you? Why is it so cheap? And so I would say five is a great starting point to, to get started. And then um, as you grow in your career and you have more testimonials, you have a demo reel, you have clients, you know, that you can say, I've spoken here and there. That's when you can start going 10, 15, um, $15,000. Yeah. Okay. And we'll, we'll wrap up in a moment, but you also mentioned the term event planner. Um, and someone who may not be known by title, I know that in the past, I've mistakenly pitched myself to the wrong people in the organization. There are particular people whose job it is to find speakers. And often we don't think about them that way. We think we have to market ourselves to the CEO or HR. Yeah. But there are people whose job it is to find people who can entertain or inspire or uplift um, people at an event, uh, an offsite, some kind of workshop, yeah. some kind of retreat. Tell me about the process that uh, organizations typically go through to buy or to find someone like you and to bring in a speaker. Yeah. LinkedIn is a huge way that this is happening now. So if you're a speaker and you're like feeling overwhelmed by all the different social media platforms out there and where you should be building yourself, drop it off. Just focus on LinkedIn because it's a great way for meeting planners to find you. And I would say like one more thing that's like a shift that you can have you are not asking for a favor, you're doing them a favor. They are actively looking for speakers. So if you have the mindset of like, please book me to speak, do me a favor, instead of let me do you a favor and tell you that this is what I can offer and that I'm a speaker. So that simple shift when it comes to outreach of you're not asking them for a favor, you're doing them a favor is great. And I would focus on LinkedIn. Right. So getting a message out there, I'm curious about the kinds of of posts that you'd create or the kinds of um, content you'd share to communicate the fact that you are a speaker, not just um, a, a trainer or a facilitator? What would that be? Last question for me. I would say anytime that you can share a photo of you speaking like visually, just help people visualize you as a speaker. And then when we talk about your transformation promise, like this is what you want to help people do, give them bite-sized nuggets of that in your posts. That way you're showing them this is what I do for audiences or this is what I do like for audiences. Let me come do this for you. Yeah. makes sense. Which of course takes a, a bit of confidence. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> and so for people listening, you know, take that leap of faith. The number of people who begin with literally nothing, they've no real, they've no testimonials. 
but they begin. And then yes. within a year, within two years, they've got that credibility. They've got that uh, history. They have proof and uh, they can not necessarily make a full-time living, but, but speaking is a nice way to at least augment your revenue from other activities such as training, coaching, yeah. facilitating. Absolutely. And thanks for giving me the opportunity to give some tips around this. And anyone who's interested can check out micdropworkshop.com. So we'll have those notes, of course, those links uh, to micdropworkshop.com. Cool name, by the way. Love that. Really Thank rolls you. off the tongue. <laughs> and we'll provide links, of course, uh, over at uh, the show notes for this week's episode on www.trainingbusiness.com. Jess, thank you so much for being thank my you, guest Mark. today on the show. Appreciate it. My thanks to Jess for being my guest this week on the show. And Jess, as I said, has her own website and you can find out by visiting Mike Drop Workshop. All links, of course, will be over on trainingbusiness.com and you'll find Jess's profile on LinkedIn. That's Jess Ekstrom, E-K-S-T-R-O-M. There will, of course, be a fresh episode next Thursday. If you've not yet done so, please click on follow or subscribe to be notified of episodes as they come out. And of course, there is a fresh episode next Thursday waiting for you. Wonderful topics every single Thursday. And um, I'd love to know that you're getting value from the show. If you've got suggestions or comments, please feel free to email me. That's mark at trainingbusiness.com. Until next week, look after yourself. Bye for now. once more for listening to this episode of the trainingbusiness.com podcast. See you next time.